it's a, it's a privilege, uh, it's an honor to, to be invited and, and just share God's word. Um, I seriously don't take it lightly. Uh, as I said, uh, it's, 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 it can be nerve-breaking to share God's word because uh, it's, it's His truth that we want to always, uh, you know, one thing that I always remind myself that it's, it's not about me trying to show that I, I have knowledge, you know, just, okay, I know many things. It's not about that. It's about what God wants to do with, with His Word, with His people. It must be real. It must be authentic. And, and it's not about information sharing, but it's about life giving. Um, so today I want to share on... Um, uh, I'll, I'll give a title to my message, Praise and Worship, actually. Um, but it's, it's more on the idea of, of, of Lordship, uh, on the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, I want to begin with uh, Exodus uh, chapter 20, uh, right where we have um, the Ten Commandments. Um, so, in, in, in Exodus 20, where we have uh, the Ten Commandments, it's, it's, I'll just read the first two. Uh, so, reading from verse 1, it says, uh, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall, make, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in this earth beneath or that is in the water under, under the earth. You shall not bow to serve no, you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to the thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, this is sort of an introduction uh, I mean, we, we speak of them as the Ten Commandments, but I feel like these first two are like the introduction to the rest. As you read there in uh, the very end of verse, um, I think I actually did not finish that verse. Ah, no, I did. Uh, at the very end of verse 6, where it says, uh, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And here he is, is about to give commandments, but he has already given these two, where he says, I am the Lord your God, you shall have... Uh, no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. And then he continues to say, you shall not make for yourself any images, uh, any god before you to, to worship. And when we fast forward in the New Testament where uh, Jesus, uh, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, so uh, Joe kind of asked me if I should come and preach uh, standing or sitting. I'm like, no, I'm free to sit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down. He, he told me that he also... Uh, is sitting, and he just reminded me of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, how it says that Jesus sat down uh, after he saw the crowds of many people. Yeah, like it doesn't add up when you're in the 21st century. You think that you have crowds, you must actually stand up and go on a big podium. But uh, the the word of God in introducing the 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 the, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he says that he 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 actually sat down, and they they draw close to him, and it was that all. For me, it gave that image of, you know, you're just joining in with the people. 
And yet at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount in, in chapter 7, it says that they were at all that he spoke with so much authority, uh, such that you don't need to be standing or in a big podium to speak with so much authority. But I digress. Um, you see, I must not be coming here to just share information. Eh? <laughs> now, what Jesus says in, 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 in chapter 6, you know, he, he, he speaks about uh, how you cannot serve, bo- serve both God and money. You know, uh, and, 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 and for me, how I see that is how it translates even in, the, uh, in, in our day-to-day. Like, I might not be talking to you guys saying that, hey, you must not go and cover some images for yourself. Because probably you're not even in the mood of that, or you're not artists or anything like that. I mean, maybe some, there might be some artists, but maybe you don't want to be carving out images. I know there are other parts of the world that they are carving out those images and still worshipping uh, things made by human hands. But Jesus shows us that this thing goes beyond just things made by human hands. It is possible to serve other gods other than the living God. And Jesus gave us this example of money, that you could also serve money as your God. Uh, I think one of the examples that we see that Jesus gives us as well, uh, you know, when he says, you know, you, you cannot save yourself. You know, those who, who seek to save their lives will lose it. But those who, who lose their lives and you surrender your life to him, you know, they will keep their life. And for me, what that tells me is that this thing of wanting to save myself, this thing of, of wanting to preserve myself, you know, this thing of me, my security, my, me, there's this idol also called me. Probably one of the uh, strangest gods that we worship, myself. And God starts there in, in, in the Ten Commandments saying, you shall have no other gods. In other versions it says, worship no god but me. You see, when we speak about, uh, because I'm trying to to bridge two subjects at one, I have no idea I'm going to make it, but I'm trusting the Lord, uh, we've prayed. (laughs) But when we're trying to bridge the subject of worship and lordship, I kind of see them very much related and aligned. Wherein, uh, when you call someone your God, that is actually an act of worship. When, When God says, you shall have no other gods before me, He's also actually saying that you need to call me your God. You need to consider me. You need to consider me your God. Because it is possible for you to believe that there is God, but not consider him your God. Is he your God? Um, You know, we speak of uh, atheism where they believe that, well, there is no God. But I think one thing which uh, creeps into the church of of Bible-believing Christians uh, those who have been baptized in water, is the concept called uh, deism, wherein you believe in God, but you don't quite believe that he's in control. You don't quite believe that he, you know, if it's about to rain and you want a sunny day, you can pray for the weather. Like, no, nah, well, it's raining. Let's just pack our bags and go home. Do, do we believe in a God who's, who's still in control of this universe? Or has he created the universe and let it be and left it to it? For it to operate in its own laws. Or is there a God who intervenes, who is in charge, who is in control? And, 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 and there's this thing wherein we speak of knowing God, knowing Him uh, in an intimate way. Um, I'm busy studying the book of Judges for um, 
my other work. And it's just amazing how we, we learned there that uh, it says that this, this generation after Joshua, they did not know the Lord. But when we look into the, 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 the meaning of that knowing, it's not about information. It's about having a relationship with Him. Are we in a relationship with the Lord? Would we say that we know God and, and, and we relate to Him, we're connected to Him, we, 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 we call upon His name because we know Him, we, we cry to Him because we know Him, we know that it is He who can save us, it is He who can lead us. Um, do we know Him in an intimate way? Are we in a relationship with Him? So it's not about information, as I said in the beginning. It's about relating, it's about connecting, it's about having this authentic relationship with him and god says you shall have no other gods before me in other words you shall have you, sh you should call him your god you should consider him your god don't just say that yes this god is a creator but say he's my god he's, he's my god I, I i i bow the knee to him i bend the knee to him i i consider him my lord and and and, and in that consideration that is worship. That is you yielding to Him. That is worship. You begin to worship Him. Uh, you know, most of the time we, we, we think of worship just in, in, in song. I think uh, many a time that has been taught that's not the case. So, so let me not say the cliche. I think everyone is aware that worship is not just song. But for me, one thing that just became recent is that actually all song is praise. Whether it's a, a song that declares his name or we're praising him, we, you know, we're declaring who he is, we're praising the Lord. But worship has to do with us living out our lives. You know, it, it is, it is in a, an expression of how we consider him to be God over us. You know, so so we, we, we worship him by considering him to be God. Like when we look into the Old Testament in terms of, well, how did they actually worship God? They actually worshiped God by burning sacrifices. And the, the, it was not more about singing. It was about sacrifice banning. It was about, you know, having some, some animal being killed, uh, some blood being shed. And when they were not worshiping him and they were worshiping the Baals and the, uh, the other gods of the land, they were not singing to those gods, were they? No, they were actually uh, bowing before their images. They were, uh, they were prostituting themselves to them by, uh, by the custom of, of, of that nation, of the Canaanites, in terms of how they were doing it as well. Whether they were going to their temples and uh, giving sacrifices to those gods, going to the shrines. I imagine some shrines on some trees and all of that, uh, burning some incense and all of that. And not much of singing, but much of considering those things to be real. In other words, bottom line is, do we appropriate and consider these things to be real? Do we, do we consider God to be real? Do we yield to Him and say, you know what, God? You are God. You are the living God. And that, I believe, becomes the foundation of how we live our lives in obedience to the rest of His commands to us. Well, there's the commandments we read in the New Testament for, for the New Covenant people. The, the foundation 
is in that we consider him to be God. We consider him to be a living God. And we read that in, 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 in Matthew, again, in, 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 uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, uh, you know, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord. You know, you know there's this thing that he says that, uh, he, he repeats the same thing in John, saying that, you know, why do you call me Lord, but do not do what I say? There's a relationship with calling God Lord and doing what he says. Obeying him. Why? Because you said you're calling him Lord. And, and, and this word Lord, you know, it has to do with ownership. You're considering him to own you. You know, when you speak about landlords who own the, the property, you know, and, and maybe you want to pay rent to them. They own the property and, and Jesus is Lord. And when we call him Lord... Not just Savior, but Lord. Then it means that we are saying that, Lord, do with me what you wish. Uh, you, you want my time? Have it. You want my resources? Have it. You want my talent? Have it. What do you want me to do with my talents? Oh, you want me to multiply it? Okay, so be it. I, I'll, I'll do what you want, Lord. That, that is when we begin to call him Lord. It, beca- it becomes about him. It's, it's, it's him, it's his kingdom, it's his agenda. I, I, I like in Psalms 24, it asks the question, who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? You know, it's, it's not us calling him down to the valley and say, come to our problems, come to our agendas. No, we're ascending to his hill, we're ascending to his purposes, to his kingdom. You know, the, 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 the whole message that Jesus came preaching was the kingdom of God. It's, it's about the kingdom of God. It's about the king's agenda. And we are coming in as his subjects. And we praise him as king. And we look to him as king. Who rules over. Who reigns over. He is king. And do we bend the knee becomes the question. I, I often enjoy uh, watching some of this military movies and series and all of that, especially the ones where they're not fighting with, with bombs and guns, but spears, you know, like, you know, like, because it's intimate, <laughs> you know, you get close to one another, uh, unlike now where you just fight the war in a, some, some room and you press a button, you know, you must go there and be in the forefront of it, and I don't know the name, but when you just mentioned, you know, just calling upon Jesus and, and you spoke about the, the militaristic, you know, character. And I'm like, wow, that's it. I, I just, my mind just went back to, to, to some battleground, whether it's uh, Joshua and, and his people fighting over the land. And I just imagine the, 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 the war Christ they'll be making. And like, is that how we, we call upon the name Jesus? You know, many a time we say, uh, let's, let's cry out unto the Lord. We won't cry out when there's nothing to cry out about. Uh, the, the Israelites had, you know, enemies attacking them left, right, and said, it was a cry out to the Lord. They cried out, Lord, save us, save us. They had no option but to cry out to him. You see, this thing of, 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 of uh, the Bible is so, it's such a beautiful book. <laughs> when, when, when we read the Bible, it has different types of literature. Uh, and in these different types of literature, it shows that God wants to communicate uh, according to that literature. He doesn't give you a certain communication by just, you know, sometimes he gives you by a song. Sometimes he gives you by a song. Sometimes he gives you by uh, a narrative. Sometimes it is uh, a, a historical account. Sometimes it is a, a law book. 
the meaning is attached to the literature. I'm just teaching a bit of theology a bit, or literature writing a bit. But the meaning of, of, of text is attached to the form of the text, to the literature of the text, to, to how the text looks like. Like, if you take the same text and you present it in a different form, you've lost the meaning. If you take a, 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 a poem and you present that poem in uh, a, a different uh, form, you've lost the meaning because the, this, this, this emotion being communicated, there, this body language being communicated there. And, and, and where I'm going with this is, is also into the, into the same thing that the meaning of, of our worship is also associated with our body language. I don't know if I'm speaking to someone here, but, you know, I one preacher once said, uh, you know, guys, we, when we get to heaven, uh, if you don't like noise, you're going to hear noise. <laughs> you know, like, ah, just, just be humble a bit. You know, I, I grew up in a humble environment myself. I mean, uh, if you lift up your hands when you're in worship, people will be looking at you like, hey, why are you lifting up your hands? Let's put them down. But this, this, you know, Paul speaks to say, you know, men lifting up holy hands, then Timothy. Uh, there's this thing where there's an association with your body language and the, the level of your voice with the meaning to where it comes from in your heart. I'm not sure if you believe that. But watch it with, with many scenarios. Get into a fight with someone. Uh, maybe they beat up your wife or something and attempt fighting them back very silently. And tell me if it means the truth. Hey, Joe, you can't do that. <laughs> you know? I, I don't think that is true. I think when it's coming from the bosom, there will be an oomph to it. I don't even know what words to use now. There will be something to it. And I'm not coming here to say that you guys are not doing it. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when there is an oomph to it, it begins to express that very thing in your heart. You know, it, it's not, let's cry out unto the Lord. It is, we are crying out to the Lord. You know, let's sing praises to the Lord. No, we are singing praises to the Lord. We are shouting, we are praising Him because there's something that uh, is bubbling from, from within us. And, and sometimes because of uh, being diplomatic, we suppress it so that we don't upset the next person close to us. And, and that's a good thing, you know. You don't want to upset the next person, right? But at least in heaven, there won't be that. You know, we'll all have enough room to, to make a joyful noise to the Lord. To make a joyful noise to the Lord. So, so when uh, my, my friend there was, was saying that, you know, we should, you know, call up on, on the name of the Lord. And uh, like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's shout Jesus. Let's, let's, let's call upon him. And, 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 and it's, it's he who saves us. It's, it's when we are saying that he is Lord and we are re realizing how these things are real to us. And I, I know I have a loud voice, but uh, it's, it's not about having a loud voice. It's about having a loud emotion, right? It's not about saying uh, you're being heard from far there, but your heart is crying out to him 
it, it, it's, it's about that emotional connection to the Lord. So it's, it's not about that, yeah, but I don't I have a soft voice. Now, even with a soft voice, you know, a person can see that, hey, that one, that one is really shouting unto the Lord, even though it's not being heard. You know, uh, it's possible to praise Him even in, in, in some silence because there's a loudness from inside, if that makes sense. Um, so, where are we? Yes, Lordship. So, for me, it's about calling Him Lord. You know, He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. I am, I'm, I am the Lord your God. Do we just say that He's God? You know, I love God. You know, God is good. Oh, this is not my phone. Uh, uh, God is good. I love, I love my God and, and, and all of that, which is, but do we call him Lord and say, he is my Lord. I bend the knee to him. I bend the knee to him. I, 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 I give him my time. I give him my resources. I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing these things to tick boxes. You know, sometimes we go to church so we can have a tick. To so say, yeah, I'm a good Christian. Tick. Yeah, I, I, you know, we were paying, it's almost like we're just paying rent. You know, people go to gym to pay rent sometimes. We heard that phrase, paying rent. Like, I don't really want to go to gym, but I have to pay rent, you know. Like, who wants to be running in a treadmill? Like, where are you going? You know, we run if someone is chasing me. You know what I mean? Um, and speaking of which, you know, we, we, we really need to, to, to have that thing where it's not about paying rent. It's not about saying, ah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good Christian. I, I, I go to church. Check. I, I pray once a day or twice. Okay, I pray before I go to bed. No, it's about an authentic connection because you have called him your Lord. And he draws you out. Like maybe you make your, your evening prayer at 8 p.m. all the time. I don't know. And you pray your prayers. And then you are now in your bed at Half past nine, and you just feel like I just wanna, I just wanna go and have some intimate time with my Lord. You know what I mean? Where He He, he draws you out from 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 your blankets when it's in the cold of winter, and 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 perhaps you go and light some fire or some heater, um, and and you just want to 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 connect with Him and have an authentic connection with the Lord. As we were singing, I'm desperate for you, and it becomes a reality. You know, sometimes these songs, I, I'm afraid when we sing them, like, yo, God, am I, am, do I mean this statement? Like, we need to revise some of these statements for me. You know, because sometimes I feel that, yo, am I really desperate for you, Lord? I, am I really looking to you, Lord? Am I really looking to you as my Lord? As my Lord, not just my Savior. As someone who owns, who owns me. And I think sometimes when we live in this democratic dispensation, we, we lose meaning of what it means to be a subject, what it means for there to be a king whose word goes, you know what I mean? And, and, and one who then is feared, you know, sometimes we lose that sense of the fear of the Lord because of the democratic dispensation that we live in. But in an environment where the, 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 the ideas of having a Lord, you know, of having an owner of the land is, 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 is concerned, you find the people as well have generally uh, receptive to the ideas of, of authority over them. 
you know, uh, some of the things which are difficult today is having an authority over you. You know, Joe did not tell me how long I'm preaching for. It's so dangerous, eh? And I don't even have a timer. He must just tell me to stop. <laughs> um, so, an authority. How many of us love having authority over us? It's, it's so difficult. And, and that is why some people, like nowadays, one of the things which is getting so popular is become an entrepreneur, become an entrepreneur. And sometimes some of us want to be entrepreneurs, not because we don't have good jobs where uh, the, the stable income and the security in there, but because I just want to be my own boss. I don't want to report to anyone. I want to report to myself. It's, 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 it's that culture we live in now where we, 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 uh, we're struggling with the identity of having a ruler over you. And, and, and that is one of the reasons why one uh, uh, pastor I once had back in the days, he theorized it's the reason why there's less men in the church <laughs> struggling with the issue of authority because uh, when there's an elder or a pastor, uh, the pastor has authority over, over you. Like, what? Yeah. You know, so I wonder if there's truth into, into that uh, statement that the pastor said, you know, where you want to be your own boss. In control of your time, you choose, yeah, you know, I don't like that church. Uh, I'm going to go to Joe's church today. It's nice. It's silent a bit, you know. Don't want people dancing up and down, you know. But sometimes we, we're always in search of something um, because we want to satisfy ourselves. It's about me. It's about me having... Uh, a good time. I, I, that church goes in for two hours now. I need one and a half hours. And God says, but it's my time. You know? Yeah, but we need to respect people's time. But it's his time. Uh, but people need to go and enjoy their Sundays. It's his Sunday. And it's Monday. You know, and, 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 and we need to come back to that reality of of honoring God to say that he is God it's his it's his time it's his resource everything is his he is Lord he's king and 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 for me it's is that thing of am I able to to let go and say God you're above it I surrender to you have your way in my life and I think it's difficult I think uh, we prefer um, to 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 be a bit in control of your life, you know. Control what's tomorrow, you know. Like the ideas of Jesus of saying, don't worry about tomorrow, what you'll eat, what you'll drink. They sound a bit unnatural. Like, no, I want to worry about what I'll eat. Uh, but he says, I'm in control. I'm in charge. Don't worry about tomorrow. And, 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 and it's those things where Jesus is actually saying, don't let these things be your Lord. Don't let these things control your life. He is Lord. And if it means that uh, you die believing in him being Lord, so be it. Then you will glory with the king when he returns. But the only reason you are able to say so be it is when you believe he's a living God. Because if I don't believe he's a living God, I'm like, yeah, the arguments of, her, of, of, of God being there, those arguments make sense. But, you know, and that is the bridge which cannot be filled by any pastor or any preacher. Only the Holy Spirit can, 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 uh, can help us preach through that. 
Only the Holy Spirit can, can convict us to, to make us see and the, the Lordship of Jesus, to make us be convicted of sin, to make us see that these things are not just arguments or theology or whatever philosophy that they work. But the Holy Spirit, we need Him. He's the one who bridges the cap for us to begin to say, Aha! God, you're there. And, you know, I'm ready to die. Lord, you're there. I'm ready to dine with you. You're there. What do you want me to do, Lord? Oh, you want me to go uh, to Ukraine right now? Oh, okay. Well, you're there. And someone says, hey, that's not wise. Yeah, we can't walk into it. But if God sends you there, well, go there. Uh, if God is saying something to you, clearly do it. Because you, 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 you believe that he is, he is Lord. Um, so I'm going to close just now. But I, I, I want to, 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 to read one more verse. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Um, yeah, so just the first section of Romans chapter 12. Um, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I'm sure some of you have a version which says it's your reasonable worship. And, you know, this is good uh, worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here Paul literally uh, takes from what I was saying in the Old Testament of how they were making sacrifices as, as their worship. And he says that, well, now presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, that's your worship. And he, in my King James version, well, New King James, um, it uses the word, your reasonable service. So you can begin to see how worship and service are quite linked together. And it has to do with uh, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It means that um, this body shall serve the Lord. Well, by coming to church, singing for Him, uh, by going to work on a Monday and say, praise God, it's Monday. And not, oh, Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, praise God, it's Monday. I'm going to work. You know, oh no, it's Friday. <laughs> okay, at least we can say, praise God, it's Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rest. But every day of the week, we're able to praise Him as, as, as our service to Him. As our service to Him. And for me, this is worship. A living sacrifice. Holy. Holy. That speaks, of course, even to, to, to the holiness of our bodies. Um, we, we can't avoid speaking about uh, sexual sin. We can't avoid speaking about uh, whether or not we, what are we putting into our bodies, uh, drunkenness. Of course, we should speak about that. Uh, drunkenness is, you know, normally you don't speak about those things in, in, a, in a church without too many black people. <laughs> you know, uh, when, when there's black people, we can speak about, yeah, guys, 
drunkardness is a sin, you know. Um, yeah, I, I do have the occasional wine. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> you know, maybe when I'm celebrating something. I, I don't know. But the key thing is that uh, we, we, we need to present our bodies as, as a living sacrifice. Gluttony is, is a sin. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it should be, right? Um, but the key thing is, is, for me, it's not about don't drink this, don't do that. Don't fornicate. No, no, no. For me, I mean, while those things are obvious, Paul calls them obvious in Galatians. <laughs> uh, the key thing is actually living for God, living in, in terms of worshiping Him, praising Him, uh, in terms of being a witness, uh, taking this gospel to people. You know, those are the things that uh, the church should be challenged with. And the obvious things that in Galatians says, you know, the works of the flesh are obvious. Those ones should be obvious and we should be moving on to the non-obvious of saying, wow, God, challenge me with your word to, 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 to share it with someone. Give me the boldness to, to, to be praying at school, to, to be ensuring that God's word is reaching many nations and many people. That's what we need to move towards and as we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. So it is this sacrifice that makes you plant churches instead of enjoying your Sunday, sitting back and relaxing. Um, okay, now I'm contradicting Joe. He says you must relax on the 28th of March. Um, so you can relax with your bodies, but again, praising God in, in, in wherever destination you'd be and looking out to, to, to share the word of God with someone wherever you find yourself. Why? Because you're presenting it as a living sacrifice. So the verse before, which is chapter 11, verse 36, uh, because, I mean, I think it's important to know the verse before because in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1 says, I, beat you, I beseech you therefore. Well, this therefore tells you that some, there's something before which was being mentioned. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Amen.